you're ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today. Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 200th ever show of all around sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I attended. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. I'm going to start this week with the event of the week that I attended, which has been all week, the last three days, covering the Constellation Senior Players Championship here in uh, right outside Boston at the Belmont Country Club. And it's uh, just a terrific event. It's the... Uh, First one I've ever covered on the senior tour, and the last time I was at a senior tour event was I used to hold it up here in Boston back around 2008 and many years prior to that. So it's been about eight years or so, and uh, and it was worth the wait. Uh, it has just been all the golfers that I and probably uh, some of my listeners out there grew up with, and it's just been wonderful. I'll just throw you some names out there. Bernhard Langer, two-time winner of the Masters, is currently leading the tournament, tied the course record yesterday. And uh, let me just throw out a lot of the other names there. Uh, You're going to remember all of them, I'm sure. Larry Mize, Rocco Mediate. Mark Kalkovecchia, Jeff Sluman, Corey Pavin, Jeff Maggart, Jay Haas, Colin Montgomery, Tom Lehman, Fred Funk, Lee Jansen, Hal Sutton, Bob Gilder, Jesper Parnovic, Scott Verplank, Mark O'Meara, two Rhode Islanders, Brad Faxon and Billy Andrade, Kenny Perry, Hale Irwin, Tom Kite, and Sandy Lau. So that's just a sampling of the field. Uh, a lot of major winners in that group, that's for sure. And uh, it's it's really unique. It's different than covering a regular PGA Tour event, of which I've covered many. It's much more relaxed atmosphere. And, uh, and at any given moment, you look up and you're standing beside uh, one of the household names that I just mentioned. Just as an example, uh, just, you know, walking alone throughout the course, whatever. Uh, I've looked up, and there's been, you know, Tom Lehman, Brad Faxon, Hale Irwin, Jesper Parnovic, and, uh, you know, again, just an example of, you know, you're just walking down the cart path, whatever, and all of a sudden you look up, and just there they are, uh, right there alone. (laughs) So easy to initiate conversation, all very relaxed and friendly, but make no mistake about it, these guys are competitors, and uh, and they're obviously good golfers. Again, Bernhard Langer tied the course record yesterday, and it's a beautiful course, to say the least. Very hilly for New England. Uh, reminds me of the courses I used to golf growing up in Pennsylvania. And, uh, and Bernhard Langer is uh, shooting another great round today. So he has about a three-shot lead, 12 under. So these guys can still bring it. Of course, Senior Tour is for golfers over 50. And very well run. It's uh, you know run by the PGA, of course, and super professional, as always, and just really nice crowds turning out, and I think it's going to be a big weekend. Uh, Sunday is 
the final round, and the weather is supposed to be spectacular. So I'm really looking forward to it. And really, my uh, you know my highlight of the week was sitting in on a press conference with uh, Colin Montgomery the other day. And the last time I saw Colin Montgomery was on the 18th fairway and green at the 1999 Ryder Cup, the legendary day of the American comeback when Justin Leonard sunk that memorable putt to win it for the Americans after they came back that Sunday. Uh, We all remember that. And, of course, that day... uh, Colin Montgomery and Payne Stewart, the late Payne Stewart, were playing, and Justin Leonard's putt won the tournament, won the Ryder Cup, thereby negating uh, the Montgomery-Stewart match, and they were still out on the course. And uh, we all remember when Payne Stewart conceded uh, the last putt to Colin Montgomery. So he talked about that, and... It was just really powerful stuff, to say the least. And keep in mind that Colin Montgomery on that day during that week of that Ryder Cup was the villain. The Boston fans were giving it to him all week. He was sort of the, uh, you know, uh, the angry Scotsman, if you will. And and it was just great back and forth all week long. He was... uh, you know, just in rare form that week, and it was just wonderful, wonderful stuff to experience. Some of the greatest thing, you know, week I've ever spent in golf, and Monty was a big part of that. But he talked about, you know, how sad it was because Payne Stewart, of course, died in the plane crash just a couple of months after that Ryder Cup, and uh, to hear Colin Montgomery describe it emotionally was absolutely priceless in person because, again, I I was there. I was literally witnessed uh, Payne Stewart and Colin Montgomery playing some of those final holes that Sunday, and I remembered it well. But then fast forward, you know, 16 years, and all of a sudden I get to to hear Colin Montgomery talking about it, what it meant to him and how he's often thought of that day, and, of course, Payne Stewart and how much he appreciated Payne Stewart's gentleman, uh, gentlemanly sportsmanship that day uh, was absolutely just powerful. So, loved it. Now, leaving golf and getting into what everybody's watching and talking about, of course, is the uh, NBA and the NHL Finals. Uh, they couldn't be in a better spot. Uh, you know, so as my other highlight of the week, it's simply that they're both tied at 2-2. Uh, it sets up a great week ahead. I don't have a horse in the, in the race in either hockey or basketball. But what I want, like most sports fans, is the most games possible. And you're going to get, when they're both sitting at 2-2, you're going to get that. Hopefully they'll both go seven games. Uh, both teams are winning at each other's venue uh, on the road. So what's really wonderful uh, is you truly don't know who will win any given game. And oh, by the way, we are witnessing greatness along the way with LeBron. Uh, Last night in game four, he wasn't duplicating his otherworldly performance of the first three games. I don't know that anybody could keep that up over four to seven games. But, uh, you know... It was fascinating, fascinating to watch when he had the fall uh, into the camera, when he got when, when he got fouled and, uh, you know, bleeding, and that was really some, uh, you know, fascinating theater, to say the least. So it was really uh, just, you know, a wonderful week. And uh, for games one through three, watching LeBron, he scored the most points in the history of the NBA Finals through three games. That's all we need to know. So it's uh, some special stuff. I think last night we'll call it a bit of a night off uh, for LeBron. I mean, I just again, the, I, I just feel like the fatigue sat in a little bit, and then hitting his head didn't help. Uh, but I expect him and both teams to just come storming back. Uh, last night was a interesting game. Golden State 
played well, and uh, I think the the last three games are just going to be great, as they will be in hockey, which leads into my low light of the week, which was, uh, excuse me, a bizarre story of the week, which is the best-kept secret in sports, with the situation with Tampa Bay Lightning goalie Ben Bishop. You know, I can't think of the last time a significant player in a championship series you know, was game to game with nobody having a clue exactly what's going on with him. We assume it's injury, but we don't know. It's in the hockey tradition, as we've all, as we're all finding out. Uh, but you know, the way they've been able to guard it has just been nothing short of remarkable. Um, it's you know, just fascinating theater, uh, but it's classic NHL. So we'll just see if it, uh, you know, will continue to hold. Um, but that said, we have no idea who's starting in goal tomorrow night uh, when the Lightning and Blackhawks resume down in Tampa. And finally, my low light of the week, uh, back to golf, was the clip of watching Tiger tend his own flag as he played alone on Sunday final golfer. This followed his 85 on Saturday, the highest score of his professional career. But seeing him like literally just uh, saw a clip on Sunday night of him like picking up the flag and putting it in just like me and you out on a Saturday morning at the local Muni. (laughs) And uh, more importantly, it's something that we never thought we would see. But, you know, that, for me, is going to be a visual I'll never forget. Uh, just, you know, uh, I think he said to his caddy or somehow, they, you know, the caddy went to get the bag and Tiger just reached down, picked up the flag and, and put it in the hole. And I was just like, wow, I can't believe what I'm seeing. And again, never thought I would see it. So uh, that was real low light. Tiger is uh, obviously experiencing the toughest time of his career and uh, on the course. So we shall see what happens. So now, as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. So let's take our break, and next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. 
Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we often have guests, and on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, Bama Magazine, and A.P., how you doing today? Oh, I'm doing very well, John. I'm up in North Alabama. was uh, at an event last evening, but they're doing well. Oh, yes, yes. I think uh, we may have touched on that last week, but I knew you were going there. Uh, I saw an interesting photo you sent out last night, which I personally loved, which was, of course, of Steeler Hall of Famers, John Stallworth and Mel Blunt, uh, a team I covered back in the day, and uh, the legendary Steel Curtain. So that must have been great, huh? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. There was a John Stallworth Foundation uh, golf pairings party, and there was a charity uh, of, you know, they auctioned off different uh, items, you know, football helmets and jerseys and books and I mean, all types of other things I related to sports. But John Stolwitz does a great job here in the Huntsville area. He's a local businessman. He's prospered, and he you know, gives back to his community. And the, the golf tournament is actually held that started this morning. Yes, uh, John Stolworth, a very successful businessman, if I'm not mistaken. I believe Sports Illustrated maybe did a pretty nice story on him six months, a year ago on just what a tremendous success he is in business, correct? Yes, yes, he sure has been uh, a star in the state of Alabama business-wise as well. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, he played a where? Alabama A&M, was it? Alabama A&M, right here in, in uh, Huntsville, and he, he's actually a Tuscaloosa native. Was oh, that right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. So it's uh, right there from Tuscaloosa, Alabama. But he ended up playing at Alabama A&M, and uh, things turned out well for him. Yeah, well, I mean, he had such an interesting career. You know, I remember so vividly. I mean, Lynn Swan was the, you know, the golden boy, the glamour pick, uh, leave first-round pick, certainly in 1974. Uh, that famous Steeler draft, Jack Lambert, Mike Webster, uh, I think maybe Donnie Shell, so he's just incredible. But Lynn Swan was the marquee pick. Uh, you know, graceful. Uh and then all of a sudden as the years came, you know, wound on by, John Stallworth, who was clearly started out as, you know, the second receiver, he just kept getting better and better and better. And then for him, you know, and any Steeler fan remembers it. But, you know, like I did growing up in Pittsburgh, uh, you know, it, it all came together uh, with those two spectacular catches against the Rams to give the Steelers their fourth Super Bowl in six years. And, uh, you know, at that point, I think John Stowers' legacy was solidified and, you know, separate yet together. Uh, and with Lynn Swan, they were both spectacular Obviously, Hall of Famers, I believe Stallworth, uh, at least for a time, surpassed Swan and had the most catches in Steeler history. I believe that may have gotten eclipsed by Heinz Ward. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the career of John Stallworth was one that, you know, no Steeler fan will ever forget because it just, the, the way he sort of emerged from the shadow of Lynn Swan over the course of a number of years was really Something special to watch, I must say. Yeah, he really was, John. On the other side, the bookend of Lynn Swan, the glamour boy from Southern California, but John, you know, kind of re, 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 you know, retiring personality from, from Alabama, black college, Alabama A&M. He went on to a fabulous career. And, and John, maybe some of the audience says, no, you know, he's a part owner of the Steelers, too. That's right. He is a part owner of the Steelers. I think that may have been... What generated the article that I saw a while back, you know, was him buying in or somehow, you know, the Steelers were involved in some whatever ownership situation of divestitures and additions of minority owners, whatever. But, yes, 
that's all you need to know to know how successful John Stallworth has become in business is that he is now the part owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that the, the, that just speaks volumes right there. And yeah, it's such a good memory, you know, and, and to really drill down AP, I mean, to its most simplistic level. I mean, I, I can remember, you know, I was in, I was in college for a lot of this, the Steeler dynasty as it began to build started when I was in high school, then in college, then beyond that, my first couple of years as a newspaper reporter. And I just always remember talking with my friends, watching games, and he'd be doing these, special, these spectacular things, and along with Swan. But, you know, everybody would just, I can remember specific conversations of going like, wow, this guy's stalwart. He looks, you know, he's pretty good, and wow, he's not a bad backup. And, you know, <laughs> and then, you know. Fast forward a few years, and it was like, he's going to the Hall of Fame. I mean, (laughs) they became equals, and I think Lynn Swan would be the first person to say that. Yeah, who is this guy? And all of a sudden, he comes out of nowhere, and he's uh, challenging Lynn Swan to be the supreme receiver on the team. You know, I know there was some competition between them, which was was good good for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I know that, uh, I think Bradshaw, he really likes Stalwood. You really like going from Paul to Starwood. Correct. Oh, I know. And, you know, I, I, I'm getting all these snapshots in my mind. I can remember covering those fabulous AFC championship games against the Houston Oilers with Earl Campbell, Dan Pastorini, Mike Renvo. <laughs> we all remember that play. But, you know, I can remember literally, you know, Swan and Stallworth emerging together from the locker room, both waving terrible towels over their head, three rivers going absolutely crazy, and they were some famous bad weather games too. And yeah, these are just moments frozen in my memory forever, forever. <laughs> and, you know, they were the original touchdown twins, and, uh, yeah, it was just, again, it led to, the, they, it led to them just being unstoppable. I mean, at that point in time in the 1970s defenses just weren't set up to cover two hall of fame receivers with terry bradshaw as their quarterback and frank harris in the running in the backfield i mean it just they were unstoppable at that point in time they really were uh, yeah they, they could be the hall of fame team playing against the hall of fame if they had a you know select side exactly well yeah if i'm not mistaken i think there was nine uh Nine Hall of Famers from from the Steelers went in from that era. I think that's the number, but could be higher. But uh, yeah, it's great, you know. And again, it's just been uh, really so wonderful to watch, uh, you know, John Stallworth uh, become the man he's become. I'm, I'm guessing in Alabama, we're talking serious big shot down there, right? Oh yeah, he's really well respected, and he he's just just a nice and easy going friendly person you coach him he's he's done this I think it's the thirteenth year he's had this event and I talked to some of his former uh teammates and they've never missed. I mean Mel Blunt uh, he he's been to every event. He said he even came here when they honored John when he retired. So the loyalty breeds loyalty. That's right. And true always been a class act, you know, I remember, you know, the beauty of Stallworth, kind of, you know, back in those days, I, you know, I'm a young reporter in my 20s in the Steelers locker room, and, you know, everywhere you look is a legend. And, you know, but with Stallworth, it, it wasn't that way. It didn't feel that way, you, you know, even though by that time he kind of was 78, 79, 80 those years, and, uh, you know, where they were winning the third and fourth Super Bowls. But best best thing I can say about him and any other athlete from my perspective is he was very approachable. He was a gentleman. You could always go up to him and just know that, you, you know, you were, you were going to have a, a nice interview, you know, post game, what have you. Yeah, John, he, he's, he's, uh, went around last evening and spoke to a lot of people and, you know, it was a really relaxed atmosphere and everybody felt, uh, welcomed and, just enjoyed themselves. Yeah, it's great. And oh, by the way, not to sell Lynn Swan short, you know, it's, uh, he has also done very well, uh, in his post football career to the point where he ran for governor of Pennsylvania 
he did not win, but he was a candidate and a strong candidate. I've seen him a couple times at a bowling event that's held every Super Bowl week. Uh, and again, you know, had some conversation, you know, and he loves it. But what I love about Lynn Swan is, you know, again, come out of USC, uh, a genuine glamour boy by any stretch, maybe the most graceful player ever. And what I love about him is, you know, he lives in Pittsburgh. He never left. He stayed, you know, and, you know, if ever there was a guy that you might have thought might go back to L.A. and the lifestyle he knew and the place he lived it might have been Lynn Swan, but not the case at all. He's a bird guy now and has been since his playing days, which I think is great. And obviously, you know, that led to him literally becoming a strong candidate for governor of Pennsylvania. Yeah, John, that is got kind of an amazing story that he stayed in western Pennsylvania instead of going back to California. You know, one interesting thing about John Stallworth and Lynn Swan, you know, John was born in Alabama and Lynn Swan was actually born in Tennessee. Wow. That is interesting. I did not know that. Uh, yeah, again, just another example of just two very intertwined players. Uh Forever, you, you you can't think of one without the other. You, you just can't, and uh, it's great. Well, AP, what I love about doing the show with you is that you never know where we're going to go. I can truly say I did not expect that this the first segment we did today was going to be about the steel curtain. <laughs> so here we are. I'm loving it, and good for you that you ended up going to that event. And just great to hear, you know such nice things about uh, John Stallworth. And just quickly, as we close, uh, who were some of the other players there? I obviously mentioned Mel Blunt, but any others? Yeah, they had the great Donnie Shell, safety, fabulous player for the Steelers, uh, part of that steel curtain defense. Uh, oh, yeah. Robin Cole, the versatile linebacker, played for the Steelers for 56. Steelers for at 56, he sure was. He, he, Remember he was him well? Charismatic, charismatic person. Uh, Michael Merriweather, a little bit further on down the line, who was there. But, uh, John yeah. Benefec, defensive oh, lineman. Oh, sure. From Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, the great Anthony Munoz was there from the Cincinnati Bengals. He, he, I, John, he looked like he can play tomorrow. He looked like he, can, he could line up today and just play. He was in fantastic shape. Well, all the guys were very good. It, you know, they maintain their their weight and, and they look in good shape. I love it. Well, let me just, before we break, I have to tell this quick story just to close it out. Uh, John Banizak is a real personal favorite of mine because, and he was the, quote, fifth defensive lineman. We all know who the four steel curtain guys were of Elsie Greenwood, Ernie Holmes, Mean Joe Green, and... Uh, and yes, so John Banizak was like the first guy off the bench, what have you, and uh, I'll never forget, I covered a game, wrote the story afterwards for my newspaper, come out about two hours after the game ends out of Three Rivers, and walking through the parking lot to my car, and who do I see but John Banizak drinking Iron Cities at a tailgate party with just Steeler fans. And I stopped and chatted, and it was just like, that's all you need to know about John Banizak. He used to hang out with fans drinking Iron City after games. I mean, truly an everyman, to put it mildly. <laughs> yeah, he had that type of personality. He, he was very friendly last night. At NF I think he's a college football coach there, Robert Morris, right, right around Pittsburgh, right in Pittsburgh. That's what he's doing now? I believe so. Oh, I love it. Yes, I know Robert Morris well. They're in the same conference as my college, St. Francis University of Western Pennsylvania. So, all right. Uh, well, on that note, uh, it is time to go for our break, and we have a lot of uh, current sports to talk about uh, on the other side. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on twitter find us at voice america trn or twitter.com forward slash voice america trn You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. You can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., before we get started, uh, my bad, because I forgot to mention the fourth legendary member of the Steelers' starting defensive line of the Steel Curtain era, which, of course, was Dwight White. And uh, so I, I need to get in the, need to get that in there, or I might lose my Steeler, my Steeler card for not mentioning his name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dwight White, excellent player. They're all great ball players. Love to watch them. Exactly, they really were. Um, well, great time talking about the Steelers of that era in the last segment, but we got a lot going on in this era, and you know. Although it didn't happen last night in the NBA Finals, what we were witnessing the first three games from LeBron James was some of the one of the top athletic performances of this modern era. I mean, literally, it was just the most points ever scored by a single player in the first three games of an NBA Finals. That's all we need to know. We can start from there. And, uh, you know... It's just been a great finals. I just said, you know, I love the fact that it's 2-2. I don't have a horse in the race. So what I want is the most games possible, hopefully seven. And when it's set up, when it's tied up at 2-2, uh, there's a chance we're going to get there. So I, I, I'm loving it. And I thought Golden State really, you know, did what they had to do last night. They showed up. And I, and I just thought Cleveland, you know, thin bench, and I think the fatigue showed last night. What are your thoughts? Yeah, John, I mean, first off, LeBron James, I mean, he played fantastic, you know, those first three games, and they needed every point just to be in contention and, you know, be able to come away with two victories, which surprised me. I don't know about anybody else, but I thought the series would be over once, you know, uh, you know, they had those injuries. But it's two to two, to my surprise, and, quite a few people across the country, I'm sure. But there's no way that Golden State was going to have another bad game, I didn't think. It was, they played their seventh game last night because it was, they had to win that game. They couldn't go down 3-1. to one. I don't think anybody's ever come back in the finals to win. They were down 3-1. to one. So the spotlight was on Golden State. They had to come through with the team, and then there was a stroke of genius by Steve Kerr. He, he inserted Iguodala. And he came up with 22 points, did a good job guarding LeBron and contributing other ways. So it's a masterful performance on the road by the Warriors. 
Exactly. <clears throat> and you touched on a couple of real good points there. Uh, number one, it was the most seventh game like fourth game I can ever remember watching. You said it perfectly. They had to win. And so that was fascinating. It elevated last night's game to true appointment television. I certainly planned my night around it. And then Steve Kerr started Andre Iguodala for the first time all year. And look at the performance he got <laughs> offensively and defensively covering LeBron James. And, you know, the flip side of that is that, you know, when he asked him at the beginning of the year to become a sixth man, they were saying last night on the broadcast that, you know, Iguodala had, uh, you know, started every game of his career prior to that. So what an amazing turn of events. And, oh, by the way, it doesn't seem like a long time ago that uh, people were questioning the hire of Steve Kerr saying, you know, even when Phil Jackson was interested in bringing him into the Knicks, people were saying, like, oh, he's never coached before, you know. I, I, I'd say that talk has been put to bed forever. What do you think after the year he's had? Yeah, you know, John, I don't subscribe to those, uh, to that philosophy that someone has to coach. If they have the personality, and in this day and age, John, you have unlimited resources almost to hire a staff. And you have to be smart with your personnel decisions when you make, when you hire people for the, your coaching staff. So if someone's a smart basketball, uh, you know, you know, IQ, they have a, a good understanding of the game. They can hire the assistants to do different, uh, you know, fill in different aspects of what needs to be done for the organization. So I'm I'm not that type of person that says, oh, you have to get some lifer in there to coach the team. Sometimes it's a breath of fresh air to get somebody. Who, has, who hasn't been in there, uh, you know, and you get that same message all the time, you know, something different. So, I, you know, kudos to uh, Golden State for making that high. I agree 100%, you know. And oddly enough, you know, we're in the media, but, you know, sometimes Steve Kerr being a good example, you know, the genius comes out drawing their days as, you know, broadcasters. And I think Steve Kerr is a classic example of that, Uh you know, where you listen enough to the guy, and you know, he won multiple championships, of course, with Michael Jordan. Fascinating background. I mean, his father was a diplomat who was assassinated in, I believe, Beirut, Lebanon, when Kerr was like a teenager. I mean, the, this man has led an extremely interesting life, to put it mildly. And uh, but yeah, I remember just you know. The, Again, I you know, I think same with Mark Jackson too. You know, former coach of the Warriors, who you know sounded pretty smart on those broadcasts. Where I know there were times with both of them where I'd sit there and go, like, "Geez, these guys really know what they're talking about." Like, they'd be a good coach. And Kerr is he's on a path after year one to you know to be a, potentially an all timer. I mean. Mark Jackson built that team into something special, and then Steve Kerr truly took it next level this year. 67 wins, I think it was. Amazing. Right. And, and John, coaching, you know, you have to be able to teach. Do you understand people? Uh, and everyone has their strengths and weaknesses. The, the great coaches recognize where they have deficiencies, and they hire a personality that can overcome their deficiencies, and so they complement each other. That there's no, you know, you're fighting for turf. You you hire this person to take care of that that particular facet of the game. So, you know, in my mind, you show no fear. You hire people that are smart and tough. Exactly, and that's it. Those are the two qualities. And you know, a coach now is the CEO of, you know, the corporation, so to speak. You know, there may be. A board of directors and all that above them, you know, but, you know, and what better example than someone you know very well and have covered for years than Nick Saban. I mean, when I think coach slash CEO, Nick Saban is, is the person that comes to mind immediately. Yeah, he has a great command of his organization. He's always speaking in those terms. You know, how can I grow my organization? How can we improve our situation overall? I mean, he just doesn't make a decision. Uh, you know that the, it, ha it has to, you know, affect the organization in a positive way. 
Exactly right. Exactly right. And, uh, you know, another one who's, like, different, and I don't know the real coaching background. It's been so long, but the, another coach that comes to mind, but in a totally, you know, at the opposite end of the spectrum from Saban personality-wise is, you know, Steve Spurrier. And I don't know exactly what he did, but it was years ago when he went to coach Duke and brought them from the abyss into being respectable. And I, I maybe you know, I have no idea. I mean, I know he won the, the Heisman at Florida, played in the NFL. Uh, and then next thing I, I knew was, you know, he was the head coach at Duke many years ago. So I don't know if he arrived at Duke with coaching experience or not, but he has certainly grown into a, a different type of CEO than Nick Saban. Yeah, he was a different personality, John. He he was uh, not afraid to go outside the box. I mean, he coached in the USFL, Tampa Bay Bandits. He got some good training there. He was on oh, a staff right. actually with Bill Curry at Georgia, or I think with Pepper Rogers or Bill Curry, one of those. And then he went to Duke and wins the ACC. It was 1989, and then he that catapulted into his alma mater, Florida. So he was a guy that had a, uh, you know, outspoken personality, wasn't afraid of change, wasn't afraid to do something completely different than all the, all the coach, other coaches in the league. He transformed that SEC. Oh, was absolutely. A running, you know, you know, power run team, and everybody started thinking about the past. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, I can't let this conversation pass without thinking about something we haven't seen in a long, long time, and, you know, probably we'll never see again, but that, of course, is the player coach. And to me, the best example ever is Bill Russell from the Celtics, the greatest winner in the history of American sports, who took over the team in 1969, I believe, when Red Arbach retired, and if I remember correctly, won uh, an unlikely championship in 1969 in his first year as player coach, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, John, I think the the um, Red Orbeck went to Bill Russell, and I guess he told me to retire, and I, I think it might have been in 66 he retired me. I'm not sure. Okay. But and I, maybe he was asking him for somebody who he thought might coach the team and, or coach him, and he said, well, I think I'm the person I could, I could coach myself the best. Or I think that was part of the conversation. So he ends up being the first uh, you know, African-American coach maybe in um, – professional sports oh yeah it was historic you know and it's just funny how you know it's almost like fashion how these things come around a number of decades later come back around uh, i mean here here we are where you know the hire of steve kerr only nine ten months ago was less than a year ago was debated because he had no coaching experience and you know 40 50 years ago <laughs> guys were literally playing and coaching and doing a heck of a job. You know, Bill Russell is, is again, just a classic example. And I guess we had to go present day, if I had to pick, well, LeBron is almost a de facto coach, as, as we all know right now, it seems, with, you know, with the Cavaliers, which he's literally bordering on player coach. Right. I would say that's the correct term, de facto head coach. <laughs> right, and I'm not in any way, you know, uh, denigrating David Blatt. He 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 literally grew up 20 minutes from where I'm standing right now in Framingham, Massachusetts. So we like David Blatt in these parts, and uh, you know, I, I think he's doing a good job. Yeah, I, I've gotten to know him a little bit more during these the postseason, and uh, you know, I like what he's doing, but you know. Back to LeBron. I mean, he's just carrying this team not only with his talent and on-floor performance, but he's just—he's put him on his shoulders. There's no other way to say it. It's been remarkable to witness, leadership-wise. Yeah, John, I don't even think they were the favorite to beat in the finals. Really, I mean, it's right. amazing that they made it this far. They were struggling in the beginning of the year, and I mean, no one—I don't think—predicted they would be in the NBA championship. Right. Well, to use one of my favorite terms, and just to close out this segment here, LeBron is literally willing them to victory. I mean, it didn't happen last night, but it sure did happen in games two and three, no doubt. 
Oh yeah, it's all LeBron. I mean, if he doesn't have a forty-point game, I don't. I'm not sure they can even stay close. Exactly. Well, it's going to be fun, AP, to say the least. Uh, you know, watching the last three games as well as the last three games in the NHL. So. Still have a little bit more to cover, but let's take our final break, and we'll get to uh, some other topics on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you, because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I'm your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham, a Bama magazine, and we only have about five minutes. It's going to be a short segment to wrap it up. But uh, before we get started, my pick of the week uh, for appointment viewing is uh, Game Fives tomorrow night in hockey, Sunday night in basketball. Should be great theater. And AP, I just want to end the show by talking about uh, something you and I that really you, in many ways, broke uh, in the in the the last few shows here, uh, talking about, you know, Jim Harbaugh bringing, holding a camp down in Alabama, and we talked extensively about it last week, had touched on it in previous shows, uh, and lo and behold, it got pretty famous when Jim Harbaugh decided to uh, take off his shirt and play a little touch football with the kids he was, uh, that were attending his camp, and uh, it went viral, shall we say, both on TV and on the internet. Yeah, John, he he's very very good at doing these offbeat things that no one else seems to uh, pursue, and he goes at a full bore. I mean, and he's he's a type of personality when you, if you ask him about the uniqueness of of his project, you know, or, or his intentions, he's like. What do, you, what do you mean? I thought everybody would be doing this type of thing. I mean, he, he just makes it like it's matter of fact. Oh yeah, sure. I'm gonna if, if it's a, if it's illegal, I'm going down to Alabama to have a football camp. And, and then he went over to Texas. He had another satellite camp over there. So there's Jim Harbaugh. I mean, he's like that mad scientist of the Big Ten. You know, Nick Saban's the mad scientist of the SEC. I would say with the things are unique to his program. But Jim Harbaugh, he. He goes beyond the normal range of, uh, of uh, you know, strategy that most coaches would even uh, think about. Right, and Jim Harbaugh is, uh, you know, it got a lot more publicity than just being shirtless. Um, you know, it really, lots of stories published, both broadcast and, and published 
uh, in writing, uh, just on this whole concept, as, uh, you know, as we discussed. Uh, and, you know, what's going to happen now is, you know, is, is Nick Saban, we talked a lot about this, is Nick Saban now going to go into, uh, you know, into Michigan or Western Pennsylvania and whatnot? Is this going to become a thing? And it seems like it might. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And John, just get back to Hubba for a second. You know, they call it the exposure you, and he gave a new meaning to the word exposure when he took that shirt off. I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, it, it was just again, you know, fascinating, and uh, so. It's going to be interesting to see how it all unfolds. You know, it generated a lot of opinions, that's for sure. Yeah, and it'll continue. But in, in next year, uh, you know, as we stated before, previous shows, where, you know, the SEC is going to try to put a stop to this. But I, I don't think they're going to be able to do it nationally. I think the, the uh, toothpaste is out of the container, and that's it. Exactly. Well, AP, uh, luckily we covered it. Uh, you know, the last couple weeks, and you nailed it. You simply had, uh, you know, you were on this story for a while, and again, last Friday, literally, literally, uh, the moment our show ended, you know, it exploded, uh, you know, with the, with the footage of Harbaugh playing shirtless. So, great <laughs> stuff, and as always, Thank you for bringing these types of stories to our attention. We love it. Well, thank you for having me, John. It's, it's always my pleasure. All right, AP, thanks again. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.